You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network for a slightly delayed finale slash penultimate episode recap of The Amazing Race, season 30, uh, most competitive season of all time, uh, shortest season in CBS history, uh, feels like it's taken eternity to get through. But we're finally here to talk about the finale, and uh, as we kind of mentioned, if you listen to all of our other episodes, uh, a bit of a delay getting this one out because I was pretty sick last week and wasn't able to uh, watch this, let alone host it. But we're finally back to talk about the last two episodes, and we do have a big surprise coming. Um, And I don't know if uh, you're prepared for this at all, Rossi, but um, we're ready to get right to our introductions here, so... My name is Colin, and I'm coming to you live from a typhoon. And my name is Rossi, and I think I left my passport on the plane. <laughs> That's not a line, but <laughs> oh my god, it's been two weeks. It I don't remember the episode. A anymore. major storyline, though. So, um... See, okay, no, it wasn't a major storyline. It was the only storyline. It was line. the only storyline. Yeah. Uh, which it's probably not going to take us long to talk about episode eight here, but let's just start this off by explaining to people what we're going to be doing here. Uh, we're going to briefly cover episode eight or nine, I guess it was, um, or eight and nine, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the second to last episode, the last third or fourth last leg. This is getting way too confusing. <laughs> just stick with an hour long format, Amazing Race, please. You're screwing us up. Uh, the episode title: The First Rule of Amazing Race Club. Uh, Which I so we'll talk about that briefly, would say it. and then after that we'll transition to the finale. And we're going to have two special guests on here, maybe two special guests. We'll see how it goes uh, to talk about the finale here, as we teased uh, on other episodes. But briefly, to let me know what you think about episode eight, nine, whatever it is, the first rule of Amazing Race Club. Uh, let's just call it the the Bahrain and Thailand leg. So. I was, like, so, like, as soon as the passport stuff happened, like, I wasn't upset. I was like, okay, this is a really cool leg. Like, it's going to be really fun, see what happens. And I was, like, you know, using the knowledge of, like, okay, we know there's going to be a non-elimination leg coming up in the next, this leg or next leg. And I was like, oh, they're setting it up so this is the non-elimination leg. And there's, like, no suspense because it's going to be a non-elimination. But it wasn't a non-elimination for the first part. And I was like, why did you waste, like, ugh. It was just, an, it was so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I get that you can't like disguise it like, oh, maybe they're going to show up at the pit stop early. Like they're obviously in a different country, but it was just so frustrating to watch knowing that they were not going to make it. Ugh, frustration. Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lucas and Brittany, so I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get more out of them in this episode, but... I've, I've kind of been craving this non-challenge race drama that we have. We talk so much about wanting to see all the airport stuff and all that. And that took up like a huge chunk of this episode. I mean, it was 15 minutes into this episode, a quarter of the way through the episode, before we ever got any real challenge. And that first quarter of this episode, I love because it was so dramatic and it was real. And it wasn't just one of these things where, you know, something happens briefly and it's like, oh, it's all okay now. I mean, you knew they were doomed right from the beginning as soon as they didn't catch that flight. And it's just something we haven't seen in such a long time. Uh, I mean, we've got some good airport stuff too with the other teams sort of discussing that. Uh, where, um, uh, who was it? Um, uh, Jessica, where she was talking about it being karma that they lost their passports. 
And, uh, you know, the other team's saying, I hope they didn't lose the ring and everything. Uh, so, I mean, I liked what was going on in this episode, and I felt like it brought a little bit of drama. It's just, this is the problem with the two-hour format, is that it it was just, there was too much to go on after that, that to have all that drama right at the beginning and then have the team disappear, I can understand where you're coming from because we literally don't see them after this happens because that was their way of trying to disguise this. It's just don't show them to you for 45 minutes and maybe you'll forget they're still in the race. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you agree. Good. Let's move on. So the first challenge we get, now this is where the episode takes a bit of a nosedive. They're weighing wood, which really the only drama we got from this was uh, the observation that Team IndyCar were two-manning this when they could have just each dragged a piece of wood. Otherwise, this yeah, is pretty boring. And done the uh, woman, woman and woman strategy of carry one each. Yeah, exactly. The team that was set up the, you know, to explain every single week, they're going to win this whole, whole season. This was another one of those little seeds they were planting that uh, they're going to win the season, which, of course, we knew is exactly what happened. But... <laughs> I don't know. I hate when we have these things where we see a great location and they're like this ja- you know, massive shipyard and all these ships made of wood and the teams are going to get to pick dry wood and drag <laughs> it and weigh it. I mean, it's just the single most boring thing to possibly do after this incredible setup. And this is kind of what's been going on all season. It's just the location's great. The, the premise of you know what they're trying to sell in an episode is great. And then what we get for the challenge is just such a letdown. That's a good point. I didn't actually think of it that way. Like I was like, "Oh, this is a cool like whatever physical challenge gets done with, get it moving on." But yeah, they were at a shipyard and they put log on a scale. Mm-hmm. Like, and then this obviously come up later in the finale because this was the scales. Yeah, the scales of Bahrain. It was. That's a good point. I didn't have any negative thoughts before this, but you changed my opinion. <laughs> it's it was so bad. I'm and then selling you on the, how bad the Amazing Race is. It's only taken to the end of the season. And it became the the point of elimination for mm-hmm. the team. It was like, what? And then what was the the guy just stood there and watched it? Like he was only there to give the clue. He was he <laughs> had the least he had the smallest role of any amazing race pl- uh, participant this season. Uh, one that got uh, I guess a big profile in this episode was the King of Hawa. I mean, this was like a commercial for the, the soup Nazi of Bahrain or whatever this guy is. Um, uh, did this look like peanut soup to you? It kind of looked like nut soup. Peanut milk soup or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, everybody was raving about it, so I'm sure it's delicious. But, like, this is the best, you know, built-in infomercial they ever could have had. I mean, forget all this product placement that we've seen about Mentos and Fitbit and stuff like that. Like, King of Hallwa just had the greatest commercial that CBS ever offered. <laughs> I guess so. Kind of also, a I'm reading in little check-in. In, I'm reading... Oh. But I'm reading here on the Wikipedia of The Amazing Race. It says they went to Bahrain Bay, but it was unaired in the episode. <laughs> Does it say what they did there? No, because it goes from the balance to the King of Hawa. <laughs> and then that's it. Well, they tried to make this episode more interesting, but it did not play out. I'm just trying to see if I could find King of Hawa's restaurant anywhere um maybe we'll give it a plug if i can find it by the end of the episode but uh yeah i mean again another example i guess of location kind of making it we had everybody lost here we saw this the previous week when they were navigating and they even mentioned at the beginning of this episode when they were navigating 
that weird you know mall structure uh, during the delivery challenge. And I love just seeing people getting lost in a foreign country. So I was kind of glad that we had that cleverly edited, eternally lost moment with like Christy and Jen and Henry and Evan, where it was just the picture on top of the picture of, and I don't know where we are. Where are we? It was, it was you know, kind of creepy. Um, and then, of course, we jump right into the second most boring task that you could possibly have, pottery. So as if pottery and playing with clay wouldn't have been boring enough, we're going to one-up you on the, the boring meter here and have you searching the inside of already made clay pots looking for stuff. It, it was just, it, oh, this was a total waste of time. I did um, really appreciate Phil's comment of him. T- he's talking about the the challenge. He was like, obviously, it's way too hard for these people to do it. Yeah. So we're going to look inside them for these things. But it was so funny that Phil's just like shading all these people like you're not going to be capable enough. The one thing that we did have, uh, I think the saving grace of this episode, though, after uh, peanut soup and weighing wood and searching clay pots was the camel milking. Like when you know, whenever you have an animal in the Amazing Race, it's going to be great. And this camel making thing didn't let us down. Um, Connor getting the knee from this camel is one of my favorite moments of the entire season. And then Jessica mistaking uh, uh, what would you call them? The, the milkers, the, the, the milk duds um, from this camel. And she thought there were testicles. <laughs> like there's some great <laughs> stuff here of interacting with animals. But I mean, hands down, my favorite has to be Connor continuing trying to milk this thing. And it just raising his knee and trapping his arm. I mean, this was great. This, this, this saved the episode for me. Like the, uh, the, the camels, I was about to say cows, but the camels saved it for you. I'm glad that we went to Bahrain for yeah. this. Yeah. Did you like the camel milking? Would you have drank the camel milk? I mean, they had to drink it. Would you have gone that far? Um, no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done a Cody, <laughs> but if they made me, I would have, but. Would you have had the fear of getting malaria from camels? Um, I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Who was it that said that on this episode? I mean, I've already forgotten. It's probably Jessica. She says a lot of things. Uh, We're going to have to talk a little about Jessica when we get our other guests on here. Um, Jen getting her FaceTime with animals. Like, this was another animal-heavy episode because we had Jessica falling in love with this cat. I guess it's not even the first time this season where she's adopted a cat. And then Jen here basically, I, I don't know, sticking her tongue down a camel's throat is what it looked like. Uh, a lot of animal love this week, but I mean, th- this this stuff was great, and I, I kind of wish we had had more of this. If if they hadn't been so obsessed with looking on the inside of clay pots, they could have come up with more interesting stuff, and we could have had more camel. We should just have them. Imagine if you did a leg of the Amazing Race where you just had to have a camel. You know, sometimes they have to carry the gnome with them everywhere they go. I would have loved to have seen this where the camel just figured into every challenge. So you know, you have to ride the camel as you pull the wood, and it's like you know a, a wagon that's being pulled. And then you have to feed peanut soup or whatever, or a king of Hawa soup to the camel. And then you got to milk the camel, and the camel has to search the pottery. I mean, that would have just been amazing. Yeah, I would like to see how they could incorporate it into the Thailand or the other legs of the race moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, Maybe the the camel will come in at the final challenge and have to help them assemble the puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, we have to we have to have like the can we just have the camel as like Phil's check-in guest? I mean, the guy that we had here on the end with his little bird 
they, they took a dump on his arm or whatever. They just kept cutting away from it. Like, funny moment again, you know, with uh, animals taking over. But wouldn't it be great just one of these days if Phil's there with a camel just on the end? I mean, I guess the bird, you know, dumping on the guy's arm was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil should ride in on the camel at the next yeah. stop in future future legs, future seasons. Yeah, we can just have our, now that we finally have our Phil opening credits shot, can we just have one of him on a camel with like, I don't know, a, um, a sombrero on or something like that? Yeah, Phil needs to be incorporated into the challenges more, or at least with animals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we won't go through all the teams here because we're going to talk about them more on the finale part. Um, but I guess the main one being... You know, the the obvious choice, or who's not the obvious choice, but uh, obvious from the beginning, uh, who is going to be gone in this one. Um, we didn't see them, really, after they got their passport. There was one brief moment where uh, the passports came back, and they are just gone. Um, so you want to memorialize Brittany and uh, Lucas here. They were kind of my favorite team throughout this entire season, although I didn't really love them in the last few episodes. But uh, how did you feel about Brittany and Lucas overall? Um, I, you know, I've been up. I feel like they were one of the teams most up and down out of the um, final five, or even the final six. Like they, they were the most, you know, fluid about what I thought of them. I didn't like them at points. I really liked them at points. I didn't care about them at points. Yes, Brittany was a little too over dramatic about everything. Like mm-hmm. Jessica's the biggest liar I've ever yeah. seen, or whatever. All that kind of stuff. Although I'm not the biggest Jessica fan, it's just like some of it was too much, and I was completely blown away by how she acted in this last episode. Like I thought Brittany was going to lose it at Lucas for losing the passport, but she didn't, and I was really confused. We've been waiting for it like, all season for her to snap and like slit somebody's throat. They had like were like weaker arguments before and earlier in the season and she was going crazy then crying mm-hmm. and this time she's like oh it's just you know one of those days like i thought it was so weird but you know what i mean, I was kind of sad to see them go especially in like a in a really sad way like this was not a no one wants to be eliminated like this mm-hmm. yeah i mean it makes for good television though so we're gonna remember why they got eliminated um, I'm also going to remember Lucas crying on the end of this because I think it's the first time anybody's ever snort cried on television anywhere. Like, oh, it, poor Lucas. I mean, it was it was it started out with and then it was like, <laughs> like it was the worst cry you could ever imagine. Uh, being on, like anybody who's afraid of crying on television, don't worry, it's not going to be as bad as Lucas's. Yeah, but the bar is set. It, it was oh, it was just terrible. But I I still love them because of that. Like. There's something really oddly fascinating about this team and, and the fact that they are totally different. That Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't have rather have had Brittany just losing it and killing somebody here, but the fact that they didn't do that and that they have these really calm moments, um, it kind of just makes them fascinated me. And, you know, Lucas breaking down here and snort crying, uh, great character moment. I'd still say they're probably my favorite team of the season. I don't think they were the best team oh. by far. Uh, but they're the one that I enjoyed watching the most. I'm sorry that they're not uh, the twins, Rossi, um, your favorite. South isn't my favorite team. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Connor and Alex, did you have a favorite team, or do you want to? Well, maybe we'll save that for the the finale. We'll get to the, we'll get to my favorite team. Yeah, but I, I did love Lucas and Brittany. Team Ocean Spray. Uh, <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta pour one out for Ocean Spray. Yeah, uh, but I mean, there was no way they were winning this thing, and I don't think this really mattered. I I, I would have rather them go out like this than for them to somehow skate by and win this. And I think that kind of would have been just as devastating as a fan because they really were terrible at the race. Um, but I'm still happy that we had them for as long as we did. Uh, I guess we could quickly start on the beginning of the second half here. I mean, it is one episode, but did I miss something about like, where's the confusion here about the spaceship that was it Connor who thought there was a spaceship. Like Connor's hilarious, but where did the Thailand spaceship come in? Um, give me like three seconds to figure <laughs> that out. Um, I don't know. Were they misunderstanding the name of where they were headed or something? I think, yeah, I think that was what it was a part of. Like some, there was some sort of name or clue that gave them some false impression. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That, that was weird. Now that I'm like looking, thinking back on it, it was weird. I, I guess we'll just quickly talk about the click here that formed, um, cause we have a brief scene of that, but the weirdest click. Yeah. I mean, I don't see any of these characters really fitting together, but we have Henry and Evan who are still in this race. By Henry the way. and Yale, yeah, Henry and Yale, Vank and Ashton. Um, but they talk about how they're on the outside. And then we actually see the scene of Alex and Connor, Cody and Jessica and, um, Jen and Christy, I'll talk about how they all get woman along. Woman and woman. They're kind of this click, and Henry and Yale <laughs> are on the outside of this. Um, when did this become a thing? I mean, I know we had, I think, a few little scenes of like, uh, well, obviously we had like the 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 team up challenge. What did we call that? The one that I hated last week, the uh, partner swap, um, and maybe like best twist ever. Oh, worst twist ever. Uh, which, thank you, by the way. Former Auslets, uh, Linda and Jimmy, for backing me up uh, <laughs> on my hatred for that twist in those episodes. Sleeping uh, on it. Yeah, well, Rossi can be wrong and disagreed with by everybody. But uh, I think that was the only mention we had. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and this is why I hate this, because they threw it on the end of this episode, and it's barely relevant, other than just one quick reaction we're going to get in the finale from Jessica about you know IndyCar not being there. Or am I mistaken? Was this set up earlier in the season at some point? I don't think it was ever set up as anything intentional. I feel like it was just kind of... I feel like it was almost assumed. Just like, oh, these guys are our closer friends and we don't mm-hmm. like Yale as much. But never like a obvious, hey, we're going to be like an alliance and yeah. we're going to work together. It was never... I don't think it was ever spelled out like that, which would have been nice to know. And I don't really blame... Because uh, usually when you see these on shows, you're like, oh, well, they're so terrible to Henry and Evan. Henry and Evan kind of come right out and they say exactly what I was thinking. It's like they just keep to themselves. Even the point where we saw a few weeks ago during the partner swap when uh, was it Jessica was asking, you know, hey, will you help us? And Henry or Evan or Yale or Van Krashen or whoever it was uh, was <laughs> saying, no, that's okay. We'll just do this by ourselves. And and I was already saying, you know, last week, I'm not judging them for doing that. I think it's fine if you want to keep it to yourself. But they sort of set themselves up as, you know, we're just going to run our own race. We're not going to team up with anybody. We don't really care about anybody else. And they haven't been antisocial, but it, it's not surprising that they're the ones that are on the outside. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I just still thought weird to have like this click form mm-hmm. out of nothing other than wanting to go to the end together, mm-hmm. which I think was a stupid strategy. Why would you not want? I feel like I'd rather have Henry and Evan in the end rather than like Jen and Christy, like who've been in the top three every single week, you know? Like that didn't seem like the best strategy for some of the teams. Are you saying that because like Henry and Evan, I mean, they've said several times, even in this episode here, how they're not the strongest team and, you know, oh, we're good. We're just not good in the physical stuff that you'd rather keep the team around who maybe has some weakness. Yeah, that. And also, I feel like at least, at least Jessica and Cody would have known that the last challenge was probably going to be a puzzle or some sort of memory task in which the smartest people would probably do well in. I just feel like there was a little lack of like thinking about well, who's going to be at the end. Like, I just think that there was two. They were like, oh, we're close together, so we should just go to the end. It's natural. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't seem, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was smart. It didn't really matter for one of the teams, but it mattered for one of the other teams, so it's all over. Okay, so once we get to Thailand, I think is next. Um, we get like a nice long bus ride. And this is again another thing that helped the episode, aside from the animals is the location. Uh, there have been a lot of episodes this season that I think the location really helped what was otherwise a boring episode. Kind of like Zimbabwe. Good location for terrible episode, right? <laughs> get down uh, to don't Zimbabwe. Go there, <laughs> you always got to get down to Zimbabwe. Uh, but here, I mean, I love this location, and so did Jessica. I did love when Jessica was pointing out you know, oh, it looks so beautiful here, and you know we don't have trees like this back in America. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm glad we don't have trees like this back in America." And then he's talking about how Can you imagine the bugs. Yeah, there'd be there'd just be so many bugs. Too many trees means too many bugs. And I have to say, he's kind of right about that. I mean, wherever you're from, um, there in Bahrain or Zimbabwe or wherever you're broadcasting from this week, are there lots of trees there? Like, do you get lots of trees or bugs? There are not many trees down here in Zimbabwe, so I, I can't say that we get a lot of bugs. So maybe Cody's right. I mean, here in – I actually understood what Cody was saying because, like, here in Winnipeg, we definitely have a lot of trees even though we're one of the biggest cities in Canada. Uh, and there's sections of the city where you'll get next to no trees, but there's always something. But there are – I don't know. You'd consider it like a mosquito infestation every single year. Like, we have mosquitoes like no-nos in Marquesas. Um <laughs> And there's one area that's particularly bad called Elmwood, which has more trees than you'll get anywhere in the city, just a regular residential area, but just trees everywhere. And you have so many people living in that area that refuse to allow for mosquito spraying. So if you go into Elmwood, it's it's like being in the jungle or it's like being in Thailand. So I, I, I'm with Cody on this one. Like, get rid of the trees, cut down the trees, kill the bugs. Let's all just live a happy life in, in the middle of a, a busy city with lots of pollution and stuff. Uh, that's what I'm all for. But um, we get the two tasks here for the uh, detour. So he either get to measure an elephant or catch frogs. Now, I'm interested to hear your take. Which one of these two would you rather do? Measure an elephant or catch frogs in a swamp? Yeah, no way am I setting foot in a swamp. So You're measuring the elephant? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, everybody who picked it loved it. This wasn't even just Jen, you know, um, licking and caressing and making love to an elephant like she did the camel. I mean, she definitely was. But everybody else who did this, like Henry and Evan, were great. And I found um, 
which one is Henry? Which one is Evan? The blonde, the blonde, the, the blonde of, yeah, Han, that's right. The blonde of Henry and Evan. So Evan, uh, every time when they had to give the instructions to the elephant and they would say it in an accent, like say this, like say Bon, and she's like, boom, like she would j- pronounce it exactly the way they were doing, which sounded ridiculous to me because she basically was forcing an accent. Uh, but I mean, they seem to love this challenge and everybody doing the frogs hated it. But I have to say, like, I kind of would have liked this frog challenge. I mean, it would have been, you know, disgusting, but it would have been challenging. And I had a nice frog experience. I mean, have you ever had experiences catching frogs? Are there lots of no. frogs there in Zimbabwe? No. You've never caught a frog in your life? No. Have you ever measured an elephant? No, Colin, I have culture. <laughs> culture? Um, elephants and frogs I get down culture? to Zimbabwe. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen an elephant? I have, touched an elephant? I have. I've ridden an elephant. So did I. When did you get to ride? Okay, well, Colin, my story is less interesting now. Okay, well, tell me your elephant story, and then I'll tell you my frog story. There was an elephant, and I got on it, and I rode it. I remember they had elephants here at the Winnipeg Zoo uh, when I was a kid, and we got to go on elephant rides, and I just, uh, I just, re- I distinctly remember how dry and leathery the skin felt. It was kind of like, you know, riding on a really fat, wrinkled old man or something. Um <laughs> Is that your experience as well? Yes, but I didn't think about sitting on an old man. <laughs> the opposite experience is frogs, which are slimy and disgusting and everything. And I, I, I do have a bit of a frog story. I uh, remember, I think I was like nine or ten years old. And Winnipeg is notorious for being flooded every single year. Like we had one of the biggest floods in North American history, uh, I think like in the late 90s. But we have a floodway that surrounds the city, which, you know, will basically catch all the water and then release it so, you know, it it all gets diverted. Uh, And we were living by this floodway, and if we went down there, my cousin and I, we went down there, there would just be frogs everywhere. And we would climb in there and catch frogs, and we took them home, and we put them in our gazebo. And we probably had about 20 or 25 frogs that we had brought home over a couple of trips and didn't tell my mom about it, so... When she walked into the gazebo and saw frogs everywhere, like she just screamed and came in and screamed at us. Uh, and I think we were allowed to keep one frog, which we named Buckwheat. And uh, we let him play in our pool. And I had a dog that was outside uh, with the frog. We went inside to eat lunch. We came back outside. The frog was gone. The dog was hovering over the pool. So we basically figure all those frogs we caught, the only one we were allowed to keep, my dog ate it like a day later. Um, but I, I still remember catching the frog, so I would have liked this one. Uh, any fun moments from elephant measuring or frog catching that you want to talk about? Uh, I really liked that they got to ride the elephant. I thought that was fun. I didn't expect that twist. Not that it really was a twist. Well, on but this I season, I guess it is because we're used to, hey, I mean, somebody even commented that. Oh, we got to go look at all those statues of the elephants, and then we're like, hey, you get a real elephant. That's kind of been the tease of the whole season, is it show you something incredible and then do something really lame. But, I mean, on, it's it's really interesting on the most competitive season ever <laughs> that they get to ride an elephant. Yeah, it, it takes so, a, I mean, that was it, it takes a lot of the, competition, uh, a lot of competitive skills to ride an elephant. Oh, and I wanted to um, talk about Another challenge in which Jessica was beyond useless. <laughs> the frogs? Yeah, she didn't do any. <laughs> she admitted it. Yeah, but that's not... Uh... It, it was just... I was just like, do something. At least try. 
All right, let's bring this back. She is hashtag more fun than flow. Can we agree on that? Yeah, but everyone's more fun than flow. Even woman and woman are more woman fun than and flow. Woman. Which challenge did they do? I lost track of them. Oh, they did the elephants. That's right. See, again, I can remember. They couldn't do the frog. Yeah, I, I can remember Jen. I can never remember Christy. So if you want to know which one is woman one, Jen, and which one is woman two, Christy, woman one is the one that really loves to make love to animals. Because we got a lot of like almost creepy bestiality stuff from her in this episode. I'm not making any accusations, but like she was really digging both the camels and the elephants in this episode. Agreed. No comment. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in the detour? Um, nope. All right. So let's talk about even more animals. This time, a challenge that nobody wanted to do. Uh, so this is kind of like what we're going to see in the second part of the finale by just adding an extra twist in there like... I don't know, a fake typhoon. Uh, and this time, it's let's go in and let's eat scorpions uh, and frogs. And just for good measure, let's have the other person stand there with scorpions crawling all over them. It's completely pointless, but I kind of like this. I mean, I like that they added this extra thing in there. It would have been better if somebody really freaked out. I mean, the closest we got was probably um, uh, Jessica. But she was kind of laughing, freaking out the whole time. But I still love that idea of just the scorpions climbing all over. I mean, this was like a very fear factor challenge. Um, I like the description that we got from, I think it was Connor. uh, Or no, it was Alex who was eating them. Connor had the scorpions crawling over him. I think that's what it was. But describing having to bite through the shells and everything and it like slicing up his mouth. Um, Have you ever eaten either scorpion or frog? Nope. Would you eat scorpion or frog? Nope. You're very uncooperative this week. Um, Jared, Kristen, where are you? Uh, oh, sorry, we just spoiled our guests. Uh, I don't know. I, a lot of people eat like frog legs and stuff. I've never tried it, but I'd be up for eating any of these things. Um, do a lot of foods gross you out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. Okay. Do you want to talk about anything of the frog? I would rather sp- eat a hairy crab. Hairy crab in a typhoon than a scorpion or frog. I'd rather eat a hairy crab in a real typhoon than eat a scorpion in a fake typhoon. Okay, fair enough. Um, but it was still a fun challenge. Like, I, I, I definitely think that this second half of the episode, the Thailand stuff, was much better than what we saw in the first half. Yeah, I, I think the challenge, the challenge was better too. I think it kind of amped up a little bit. Uh, and I love that portion of where you know you're not doing the challenge, but you're doing something. Yeah. Like, you're still in the challenge. You still have to kind of have a role. Mm -hmm. And seeing, like, Jessica and Connor freak out was pretty great. Um, So we we get the teams checking in. And Alex and Connor are number one. And how many number ones is this? You've been counting. Uh, I think it's their second or third. They've had a lot of them. For a team that we talked for most of the season about really sucking... They definitely had a lot, but I mean, overall, they have been kind of a terrible team um, because this is non-elimination. They've been the greatest team, thanks. Well, I, I'm i still not sold on... You're a hater. I'm not sold on your cousin Alex Rossi here. I, I like Connor. I like him more each time we see him. He's definitely the life of the team. He's the fun one. But I don't know. Alex just isn't that interesting to me, and they definitely toned down a lot of their douchiness in this episode. Maybe because they were succeeding with everything. You know, we didn't have to hear about all the things they couldn't do or, or hadn't done before. But 
I don't know. It, it, is it a little bit sad to you that they came in first place here and that we're not going to see them at the end of this this season? We're not going to see them in the final three? I'm really lost. Alex and Connor, first place this leg? Yeah, on the non-elimination. Yeah, um, what I'm saying, though, is their first place. Like you said, they had three. They actually had four first place finishes. Back-to-back first here. We're not going to see them again once we get to the final three. Like, oh, okay, They picked okay, up their okay, game no. a lot, and then yes. they're going to be gone. So it, was this sad that they came in first and then they basically drop off after this? Yes, I... It was so sad because, like, what the last the last four legs have been first, third, first, first, mm-hmm. even better than woman and woman. <laughs> like, it's just so sad that they left. They should they would have been they would have won if they were in the final three. Calling it right now. Well, I mean, they did win because they won a trip to well, where is this place? Um, do you have the name of it here? Their the romantic getaway. Um. Uh. Curacao. Curacao, okay. Which, I think this is an amazing race first. There's lots of times people win these vacations, and they're like, oh, wow. This time they're like, where's that? Like, they're just totally unimpressed right away with Phil. And then Phil goes into his whole, well, it's a very nice place for a couple to go. Maybe you want to take your girlfriends instead. And then we get, I think it was Alex saying, yeah, I am not going with Connor to this place. Um, probably one of the most entertaining finishes we've had for uh, first Better than... Um winning a free round of golf yeah exactly <laughs> or a trip to pittsburgh um it's i, I mean I, I don't know where this place is but i just, this brought up an interesting question that uh jamie had for me uh with this show you know when these teams win is it better to go on there with a spouse because you get to split everything because phil didn't say you each won a trip he said you have won a trip you know maybe you might want to take your girlfriend and then he's saying i'm not going with him so I would guess you win one trip and you have to decide. You you two can go together if you want or you could bring somebody else. Like, Do you know the official rule on this? I think there is something to that. Like, I remember it was maybe the blind date season where some of the teams that won twice that got two trips. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where they were saying that, like, oh, I took that trip and he took that trip or something mm-hmm. like that, where they only get two tickets for whatever trip it is. Like, you know, your only two people are going to Curacao. Mm-hmm. It could be any two people. But only two people can go, so they don't give out, like, oh, there's three tickets in case you want to take a friend. Like, it's completely locked off. This time next year, though, I want to see Alex and Connor on Instagram with pictures of them on this romantic getaway to Curacao. We could get a really cool, like, mini show or, like, an online CBS All Access yeah. of them going on their trips. Yeah, Alex is in this big king size bed, and Connor's there on the couch in the hotel suite. <laughs> it would be fantastic. And, I can see it now. And of course, I mean, we won't run through all the teams here because we'll talk about them more on the second half. But uh, there first, uh, Cody and Jessica second, um, third Christy and Jen, and then fourth Henry and Evan. So non-elimination saves them. I think everybody knew this was going to be non-elimination, or at least we we talked about this the in the last. Had to be. Well, it, there had to be a non-elimination. I kind of wish that they had had it at the beginning of this episode, though, just because I've already talked about these double episodes kind of being exhausting. And at least if you split up in the middle, it gives you a reason to watch. But we knew what was going to happen in the first half of this, in the first leg, that obviously Lucas and Brittany were done. And we knew that there would have to be a non-elimination here. 
So, I don't know. This wasn't really the most suspenseful episode of the most suspenseful week. Yeah, I did like the, um, just adding on to like that idea of suspense, I really like the, not really a twist at all. It's not the, probably opposite of a twist, but the little bonus thing of they can't run in the pit stop area. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. I think that should have been played up. Oh, unfortunately, it was such an open area that they couldn't do it. But imagine like a maze where Phil's in the center, but they can't run or something like that. And one team like is just briskly walking and Phil's like, I'm sorry, you have a two-hour penalty. You were power walking <laughs> through the maze. That's against the rules. Cedric and Sean could have been like, oh, I wasn't actually power. I wasn't consciously power walking. Um, and um, Henry and Evan would be like, I was only going 3.2 yeah. <laughs> kilometers per hour. Uh, but it's, I think it's always frustrating. This is where I'm kind of surprised there are a lot of people who are getting behind Henry and Evan in the second half, which we'll talk about, you know, uh, the second half in a minute. But um, it seems like every year people hate this whoever's non-eliminated right before the finale or this close to the finale, and then they make it to the finale, it upsets people. But there's something about Henry and Evan that people are just getting behind. Maybe it's because they are the underdogs or because they have no other drama to promote in the series. They have to try to convince people that Cody and Jessica are villains and that Henry and Evan, just because they're not part of this group, that they're these underdogs or being bullied or something. But really, if you watch the show, we talked about the click a couple of minutes ago. It's not so much a click where they're against Henry and Evan. I think more than anything, Henry and Evan are just kind of antisocial. That would be my read on it. Yeah, it's probably about more personality than anything. But we will get them in the finale, and we'll move on to talk about the finale here. Uh, only other thing I wanted to add was we haven't had a lot of Phil forcing the theme. Uh, like the, we always talk about the blind dating season where every check-in, every leg, it was always talking about love connections and stuff. Here he dropped something, I can't remember which team it was, where he's like, uh, they're saying, oh, this is so tough. Goes, is that because of all the competition out there? Like, he was really trying to force it at the end, but it's just, it wasn't happening for anybody. Uh, but we do get the most competitive finale ever. Four people, uh, four teams. It'll eventually be three teams, but it starts as four here. And we're going to up the ante here on our contributors, our co-hosts, and bring a couple of wow, special thanks. guests on. Well, you set them up. I mean, you're the one who invited them on here. So you... Well, you're dissing me on my own thing here. You're saying, oh, we're going to up them up because our current ones suck. No, well, okay. Is it better to have Colin and Rossi or Colin, Rossi, Jared, and Kristen? Obviously better. Any episode I'm in is great. So, ah. And you're still on this. We're, we're not going to kick you off for the second half of the episode. But, um, right. yeah, we wanted to bring on, I guess, some extra voices, get some extra opinions for the finale here. And we would have loved to have had them on to talk about this first episode here. But as I said, this one was delayed because I was sick. Or, or any of the episodes before. Or any of the ones prior to this. But, I mean, we have been bringing you the Kristen Tweet of the Week, and we'll update that later on so we can get Kristen's opinion of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Kristen and Jared, so if you followed our old show, Survivor Oz, a.k.a. Amazing Race Oz, uh, you know, pretty much every single week there was myself, Rossi, Noah, Kristen, and Jared. Uh, and outside of getting Noah, I mean, we had to do the next best thing and get at least Kristen and Jared on here uh, just for a bit of a reunion. So we'll bring them on as special guests here. Um, Rossi, uh, anything you want to add on Jared and Kristen as the most competitive co-hosting duo that we could possibly bring on for the finale talk? I think 
I think we could take them in the Amazing Race. You and I, I think we'd beat them out. We could because Kristen would forget whatever she was doing five minutes earlier. And, and she, she doesn't play games. She doesn't play games, exactly. So Jared's all on his own. Uh, but let's throw to it now. Uh, here is our second half of the episode, our discussion, uh, roundtable discussion with special guests, Jared Lubick and Kristen Kinnar. And we are back with our special guests of the week, our celebrity guests of the week. Um, we'll start by introducing uh, former co-host from our Amazing Race Oz days. Uh, you know him best from about two weeks straight on Off the Podium with me and Ben, uh, Olympic enthusiast Jared Lubick. Thank you for coming back to discuss Amazing Race with us, and thank you for watching The Amazing Race still. Yeah, no problem. Um after a season break, it, it's it's nice to be back into it. And also back for the first time since last season, um, in an unaired episode where we discussed the <laughs> end of a season, where her lack of knowledge of anything that happened on that season <laughs> led to us shelving the episode indefinitely. Um, also, for the first time since, I don't know, season 27, hash, hashtag shut your dirty mouth will be trending uh, Kristen Kanara, thank you for coming back, and hashtag shut your dirty mouth. Thank you for inviting me for the finale episode. Do you remember what season hashtag shut your dirty mouth started on, and why is it still your Skype name? I don't know. It doesn't even have anything to do with the Amazing Race, <laughs> so it's not like I can connect it to any season. It had to do with either me or Noah, and you wanted us <laughs> to shut our mouth. Um, <laughs> but this this might be a challenge because this episode did air approximately five or six days ago. So we have to see if Kristen can remember this. Uh, you have Googled the results a little bit. Uh, but Kristen, why don't you start off just so it's fresh in your memory and we don't lose you in another 35 seconds. Uh, overall opinions of the season as a whole, season 30. I really like the season. The airing schedule was kind of difficult, but I think that they pieced the, uh, that they, the schedule, it worked out okay that there was, uh, some one hour episodes, some two hour episodes. I think it, it, they didn't, they probably didn't plan it exactly how it panned out, but I don't know. It was, I thought it was good. I really liked the cast this season. The tasks were pretty good. The locations were good. I don't really have much to complain about. I really liked this cast. Yeah, I had a lot to complain about throughout the season, but um, I don't want this episode to go forever. Uh, Jared, <laughs> do you agree? I mean, this kind of was head-to-head -head with uh, the Olympics, and I don't know how either of us were able to keep up on this for the last two weeks, but uh, did you enjoy the season all around? I did. I think I probably enjoyed it more, like having a break and not watching season 29. I kind of forgot how much I actually enjoy watching this show. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there were some uh, problematic changes made. <laughs> Um, uh, I overall the cast actually I found them quite boring, um, but it didn't kind of spoil my enjoyment of the show. So, as far as the finale goes, um, let's just go all the way around here. Uh, we'll start again with you, Kristen. Um, we're talking really just about the last two hours here. Uh, what did you think of the finale this season? Um, I think I. I don't actually remember what was the finale. <laughs> what? But, like... It's been six days! I know, but because it was broken up into, like, two hours and two hours, I don't actually fully remember what was the finale, but I think I liked the second half of the finale better than the first half. I 
found it more competitive. And I liked that there were so many lead changes. Like, I think it was last season. It was the last season where it was just, like, basically a straight run to the end. Am I wrong? Does anybody remember? I, I We discussed that, like, almost a year ago. There's no way I'm going to remember that. Yeah. In, in the last couple seasons, I feel like we've had a lot of, like, really straightforward finales. But we had so many lead changes where, like, like every task, everybody showed up at the same place. And then they left in a different order, and then they all caught up. And, I mean, it didn't matter that much in the end because they were all at that final task for, like, two hours or whatever. But, I don't know, I thought it was if, – if it is made in a way that they can have all those lead changes and there isn't one team that's just dominating, I think that makes for a better finale and a better season. Uh, Jared, what about you? Did you like the first half, second half better? And what did you think about the finale? Uh, I think I'm kind of the opposite. I enjoyed the first half better. I think uh, in general the challenges were better in the first half, but I did really enjoy the final challenge. Um, probably my favorite of the final ch- challenges in recent memory. I thought it was a nice kind of twist on the whole remembering legs because sometimes they get a bit stale, and, and with everybody knowing that that's what the final challenge is going to come down to and consulting their notes all the time, I do think that they need to kind of think outside the box more, and I thought this was a good way to... Um, yeah, throw back to the legs and do it in a way that was tricky and kind of stump the contestants. Rossi? I agree with both of them a little bit. I kind of like the first half of this episode a little bit more. Or at least I really like that last challenge with the sort of the memory of like, oh, you saw this on the race and you saw this and trying to open that briefcase. I thought that was cool. But I, I don't think I really liked that final challenge that much. Because usually they make a big deal about one person doing it, and they felt weird that it was part team, part single player. Like, I, I don't know. It just it felt weird. It it didn't have that. At least for me, it didn't have that dramatic final challenge finish, like race to the end kind of thing. Maybe because the freaking finish line was like thirty feet from where they yeah. were standing. Like, I I, I kind of missed the. Oh my god we're in a taxi and we're about to get to the finish line, but he doesn't know where he's going. And it's like, that seems a little bit more interesting than just run down the boat, like, and you'll there. She didn't have the drama. Yeah. I think I also like the first half of this better. Um, the second half, there were a lot of moments where they were really dragging this out, maybe to make the two hours like this probably could have been a 90 minute finale, but I actually really loved the final challenge just because it was a challenge. And they talked about, all season, this is going to be the most competitive season ever when it really wasn't because nobody really seemed to be that competitive. And I think everybody got really competitive in the final or everybody just got like incredibly stressed out. And it's probably the first time in a long time that I can remember almost every person doing a challenge, really looking stressed and really just, just losing it because like just begging for it to be done. So I'm credit to them for actually doing something uh, challenging on the end of it. Um, we could talk, I guess, a little bit about some of the early things they did here in Hong Kong. This picture-taking thing, I mean, it made for some good pictures, but some of these teams just didn't want to be there. Like, I think it was Alex Connors. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever, just get on with it. Uh, I don't really know the the point of that other than just showing off the location. And then the speed bump, <laughs> hanging lanterns. <sighs> there were some lame challenges in this season. I mean, this this... I think all around, this first half of the episode was pretty good. But, I mean, I don't think I've ever really loved a speed bump. So, I mean, I can't judge it that much. 
The main ones to talk about here are the detours. So Harry Crabs, uh, which was a great name for it, uh, where they're basically handling crabs in the middle of a fake typhoon. Um, <laughs> and the second half, where they're basically taking Cantonese orders and delivering them, which also would have been great if the restaurant did it in the middle of a fake typhoon, which I thought that would have <laughs> just been the best way to do this episode. Maybe we should podcast. In the middle of a fake typhoon. <laughs> yes. Just do everything in the middle of a fake typhoon in The Amazing Race. Uh, I, I don't know. It was such a terrible thing to add on there, the fake typhoon. But I love both of the detours. I mean, not much to say about the, the opening two challenges on here. But I thought that the Harry Crabs was fun just because I, I like seeing people, you know, getting bit by things. Um, and there's lots of great animal stuff on this season, like milking camels and everything. Uh, but strangely enough, the, the taking the orders is the one that I found the the best because we really got to see, you know, some cleverness out of the teams and, and finding ways around this uh, where uh, I think it was uh, Connor who had no clue. And it was, there was a hilarious moment where he just goes back there. He takes the order. Uh-huh. And he goes back to, okay, I understood none of that. And, like he felt the need to come back and tell his partner, I got nothing out of that. But uh, uh, talk about the first two challenges if you feel like it. But otherwise, uh, what did you think of the detours? Kristen? Um, I guess the, the, I don't know, I didn't get that much from the restaurant portion like you did. Um, it clearly took some thinking because nobody knew what they were saying. So Henry obviously had the good idea of just taking it phonetically and trying to guess what was being said. And he kind of told, uh, I don't know the difference between the IndyCar guys, but he told the one guy how to do it, basically, and that uh, that helped him. But I liked the other side a lot more because I did like watching that. Apparently, uh, the IndyCar guys were the only ones that the crowds wanted to bite. Like, nobody else seemed to be getting bitten the entire time, and he could barely get through, like, five without getting his fingers bitten off, so I was very into that. And... Um, I was very proud of Jess for handling that task rather well because I didn't know if she would even touch them because she refused to touch the frogs. She was like not into any of these animal things. The camel wasn't doing anything to her and she thought that she was touching its testicle and <laughs> it was all a problem. <laughs> even though I think that it was a female camel, but whatever. Um, but I, yeah, I think the animal tasks can be really fun, and this one played out pretty, pretty amusingly. I was into it. Uh, Jared, what did you think of them? Yeah, I loved both of them. I think uh, Team Indy kind of having troubles with animals over the past like two episodes with the frogs and the crabs was was great, um, and it was just another case of even though Jess kind of she did get involved on this, I swear like every single challenge, it's pretty much just. Provided it's not a roadblock that Jess is ju- doing, it's just like, let's see, kind of Cody, like, blitz through this challenge. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought the grub grab was really good as well. I thought it could have been, like, it, it seemed like it was going to be really difficult, but I suppose once I got the hang of it, it was okay. So I probably would have liked it to be harder in some sense and them not be able to kind of work their way around it so easily. Um, but it did provide some good moments as well. I think also the Alex and Connor, Rossi, I know you're, you're finally going to appreciate me appreciating Alex and Connor here, but aside from Connor's, you know, I didn't understand anything they said out there. Uh, I think when they, they decided they were going to come out and uh, say, oh, this is what I think I heard. And I think it was Connor or Alex. One of them was like, which one of them ends in Kung Pao? And he looks and he's like, not a single one of them <laughs> says Kung Pao. Like, what are you hearing out there? Uh, 
Rossi, I know that you probably appreciated Alex and Connor in this episode or just a hole in uh, the, the Cantonese challenge, but uh, anything you want to add on Harry Crabs or Grub Grub? Well, you've, at first you're phrasing this question like, if you want to talk about the first two challenges, you can. But was that photo taking even a challenge? All they showed up to was this little kiosk and the was guy was stall. like... No, picture, picture. And, he's, yeah. and the guy's like, no, clue, clue. He's like, no, picture first. And half the teams didn't even want to be there. Like, they just look miserable in their pictures. Yeah, I think the only somewhat happy ones were the couples that, like, tried to make it cute. But uh, that wasn't a challenge. But anyway, um, I thought the, the detours were quite interesting. I think it was probably one of the better detours we've had all season. I, I loved the twist of the fake typhoon. I thought that was <laughs> totally unnecessary. And the challenge was hard as it is, but they had to add another twist. I thought it, I thought it was fine, and I love the moment you just mentioned about Connor coming back and it's like, what about this one? Okay, none of them are that. <laughs> and I feel like even the producers didn't even know what these people were saying because they didn't even give subtitles for what they were saying. It was just like you assume that they got it when they get the clue, and when they nod their head yes to everything correct. But I honestly thought that was going to be near impossible when I first saw the, the guys get there and they're like oh they're only going to talk in Cantonese no translation whatever and it's like how are they going to do this yeah like how does someone serve food that you don't even know the name of and and it didn't make sense plus all the name tag of the food but uh, two great challenges uh I guess we'll just group in the next two challenges on here uh the first one who wants to get smashed which was basically just destroying old technology. Uh, and I really just don't understand why this was such a challenge for Christy. I mean, she took like three swings to this thing and she's like, ah, like I think she broke her arm or something, but like she's barely moving. And this is, you know, this this incredible X Games athlete and she can't smash a TV. Uh, but between that and I guess they get this combination, uh, they have to go up and down the street and, you know, try to find out what this combo is, which... I guess the first part of the finale, they're still playing up on, you know, the history of the race or how well do you remember this and, uh, you know, having to spot the different things. And I just like the challenge that I mentioned on other episodes this season, just loving every time teams get lost and they're kind of in a foreign environment. So both these are pretty good. I don't think they really matched how entertaining the detours were, but this was an episode, I think, where the location uh, really, really helped the challenges and made it better. I don't understand if this is a Hong Kong thing, just smashing old electronics. But, I mean, it was fun to watch, at least. Uh, Kristen, what did you think of these two? Um, The roadblock, I wasn't, like... It wasn't that exciting for me to watch, but it looks fun to do. (laughs) Um, I'm guessing that Christy just, like, couldn't, like, smash through things, so it was probably just, like, bouncing off and, like, reverberating back into her shoulder or something. I don't know why she was in so much pain. I don't know if she was hurt before that or something, but I do like that they're kind of incorporating the other teammate, like, the non-participating teammate into tasks in, like, a small way, like how um, the week before, I think, they did the scorpions thing, and they, like, made the non-participating person this week have the briefcase attached to them just as something like annoying to do i'm kind of uh into into that change and what else are we talking about the searching for those three uh signs yeah 
Um, I thought it was kind of fun to watch because they didn't really know what they're looking for. I was even confused because I probably didn't pay attention to what they were like. If they explained at the very beginning, I wasn't paying attention. So I didn't know what they were looking for. And like, I was surprised that not everything was like a red and yellow sign, like that they, they were finding answers in every sign, which must've been super confusing. And I just thought it was funny getting towards the end. You had people like locals that knew exactly what they were looking for, probably because they had like camera crews and the other teams coming up and like pointing at the sign. Um, that was the, uh, whatever, wherever they started out the Washington, Washington something. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and that they kept saying, like, this is it, this is your last clue, and teams just kept saying, like, no, that's France, that's wrong, and, like, I think there were, I think it was Christy and Jen and the IndyCar guys were both given help by the locals, and they both were just like, no, you guys are wrong, and kept looking, so it must have been really difficult if they were, like, being given the answer, and they still didn't know what it was, so if something's relatively difficult, I usually find that pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, Henry and Evan, uh, I don't know which one is. Jared, can you tell me which one is Henry, which one is Evan? Do you even know? Really? Henry is the man? Is Henry the man? Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's right. That's how I know. Because when I was watching this, Jamie, who didn't watch any of the season, she absolutely hated Evan because of her always saying, You got this, Hen! Go, Hen! <laughs> but yeah, that's the only way I think I'll ever remember now, so thank you. Um... I have to get opinions from everybody here, but Jared, you can go first. Uh, Henry and Evan, um, do you like them as a team? Are they? You said you weren't really a fan of the cast, but where would you rank Henry and Evan among them? I would rank them probably close to the top. They were probably the team that I was going for in the finale, but I think with a lot of these teams, I like one person in pairing and not the other. So with Henry and Evan, like... I enjoy watching Henry, but then Evan gets on my nerves. Same yeah. with uh, Christy and Jen. Like, I enjoy watching Jen, but I just find Christy to be really bland, and she always just looks like she's mad. Completely agree. <laughs> um, what did you think about the two challenges here, and uh, can you figure out why Christy can't smash a TV? No, I don't know why, and that was actually just really annoying me. I suppose it's just because I didn't like her so much individually, and then she was just complaining. <laughs> I was like, please, just like hurry up and finish the challenge. Um, but the highlight of this for me was definitely, like, the Phil showing them beforehand, like, how it was done. He has this slow-mo of him, like, twirling the baseball bat, and I just am such an advocate for, like, more Phil in the episodes wherever possible, so I thought this was great. Mm -hmm. And I loved also how they're smashing these, like, TVs and computers, and then midway through there, the baseball bats are literally just snapping. And then there's just this random person just, like, who's obviously ready to go just handing them, like, new bats, like, unlimited supply of bats that you can smash there. Um... And then, yeah, the final task I thought was really good. Uh, I did also, like with Kristen, I loved how the locals were trying to help them, and they're just brushing them off as, like, being drunk. They're like, oh, yeah. these people in Hong Kong, they're just drunk. Like, leave us alone, ignore them. And, like, they're literally telling you the right answer right now, and you're just, like, <laughs> saying, no, they're drunk. They don't know what they're talking about. So I thought that was really fun to watch. Um, Rossi, I don't think we've gone through the season, partly because we don't know which one is Henry and Evan, and we don't know which one is Jen or Christy. But do you have a favorite among either of those teams or one that you dislike more? Um, I would say maybe I dislike woman and woman a little bit more. <laughs> uh, just because there were, there were too much, like, of the air. T I feel like they were getting too much annoying air time uh -huh. that I was just over. And maybe maybe it was your fault, Colin. I'm going to blame you a little bit. Because it's you were selling this, this narrative that <laughs> these two were going to win the race and they 
they're telling us in episode one that there's only been this many teams that are all female to win the race, and they're foreshadowing it. So all you, all you keep putting on blast, you put them on blast so yeah. many times. Yeah, I, what so I meant I by like that was... was third place, by the way. So I just don't think you understood what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I miss her. Uh, anything you want to add on the two challenges here, the, the TV smashing or the racing through the streets? Um, yeah, the TV smashing was okay. I Honestly, when they read that, I thought it was going to be a drinking challenge. Like, who wants, who to, get wants to get smashed? <laughs> I was, like, having flashbacks to that one Amazing Race Canada challenge where they yeah. had to drink all the beer. <laughs> I was like, that would be a fun challenge. Like, drink alcohol right now. But no, it was smash TVs. And it was okay. I, obviously, it was another challenge to show Cody being a cyborg or whatever that mm-hmm. they call him. The uh, beast cyborg. Yeah. I, but I really love that last challenge. I think I, I said it before, but I love that, like, finding these, like, mystery symbols. And I kind of like that it wasn't obvious. Like, it actually was challenging. But it's not one of these things that's challenging and you're like, oh, this is so boring to watch. Like, they're just standing there insufferably, like... I think it was a part of the the drunks like being like this is it this is it and every every single thing like people pointing out like a clock and being like well we took time here like <laughs> just like every little detail about everything like we stepped on paving stones in in Bahrain this may be it like we took an airplane this- to this country like every detail was being picked apart and I kind of loved hearing all of the we have four five six seven and nine. I'm like they have like six numbers and they're like all over the place. I, I think it was so fun to watch. Uh, obviously, Alex and Connor were the last team to arrive and uh, were eliminated from the Amazing Race. Um, let's go around here and just get opinions on Alex and Connor. I'll just quickly start off. I kind of labeled them the likable douche bro team this season because uh, I mean Ross, you've heard it from me over and over again, but Jared and Kristen, unless you've been listening to the show every week, which I'm sure you have. Um, you ever Every week. Every single week. So you already know about all the times where it just rubs me the wrong way that they feel they have to mention every time they do well in something. We have never done this before in our lives, and we were able to <laughs> succeed. And every time they failed at something, it's not our fault. We've never done this before. I guess just the final slightly douchey thing about them, not that they're the greatest douche bro team ever, but... The fact that we heard them say about six legs in a row, we started this leg in the pole position, and I swear, I don't know why they had to end it up when, when they when they crossed here and they're eliminated. Like, you know, we started this leg in the pole position. Like, I don't need to hear that anymore. But overall, as I said, I really enjoyed them in this last episode, and I think they had some fun moments throughout. I just don't think that they're as great of a team as somebody here thinks they are. Um, Kristen, you want to give your opinion on Alex and Connor now, Team IndyCar? I am not a fan of them. I haven't been a fan of them all season. I don't get the humor side that people seem to like about them. Um, I just think that they're kind of annoying. They're, I never liked the douche bro team. Um, I always hated how they would be. It would say like Alex and Connor are now in eighth place when they'd like finish a detour or something. And then they get to the next spot. And it would be like, Alex and Connor now in third place. And I'm like, how did they do that? <laughs> and it happened like every leg that they somehow just like, I don't know if they're really good at the, the traveling part, but like they would always just jump ahead. And it, it made me angry because I just wanted them to be out much earlier. Uh, Jared, what are your feelings on them? 
I didn't mind them as a team, I think, because they were one of the only teams where I didn't really like one better than the other. I feel like they were both just kind of in the okay bracket, so it actually bumps them up a fair bit. But I was glad that uh, a team went home that wasn't in kind of the pact for the final three, because that was just really annoying me, how they kept bringing it up, and they kept trying to, like, get out Henry and Evan, and, like, just all the comments that they made, how, like, they just thought those three teams were so much better than the others. And I'm like, well, if... Yeah, if you beat them, but if they beat you, then they're better than you. Um, but yeah, I was just glad that they didn't get this whole like pack to the final three, so we got a bit of drama in the last episode. Rossi, I know you're the fan of Alex and Connor, so uh, you want to have the final word on them? I can't really explain why, but they were. I just loved them. I think that there is like a charm to their complete lack of expertise <laughs> in anything. All they know is driving which may explain why they all of a sudden come from, like, last to first yeah. after one driving segment. I, I just thought that they were really... They were, like, the, the idiots of the race, but they were... there was a Like, I found the charm to them, unlike some people. And I was so upset that they lost after being in the first place to, like, going out. But in the defense of them, they didn't actually really talk about it. Phil was like, you were in the pole position. And then you fell down, and you didn't get the checkered flag. Phil was really driving this narrative home when he was yeah. sending them away. And bringing up again, sleeping on Alex's couch. Um, <laughs> Phil's really hung up on that, too, but I guess it's a fun gimmick for them. Uh, final leg of the race here. Uh, final half of this episode. Off to San Francisco. So the first thing I just want to say that I liked about this second half is that it takes place like entirely at night, which... I don't know if I'm trying to think maybe one of you can correct me if we've had an amazing race that really ended at nighttime, which I thought that kind of gave this like a unique look and everything. I liked it. Uh, They have to find this Willie Mays statue uh, and uh, not the most exciting challenge ever, but I guess a cool little thing you wouldn't normally thought about having to search the river for baseballs that are hit out of a park. Um, It was pretty boring to watch, to be honest. This is another one. I mentioned this several times throughout the season, going all the way back to the Iceland challenge where they were looking at ice sculptures and you couldn't tell what it was because it was made out of ice. I don't know if people looking for balls in the water in the dark really lended itself well to something that took up like 10 minutes of screen time. Uh, but I guess it was all right. And then um, uh, the the second part of this where uh, the they, I guess, climbed up the bridge or ascended the bridge and then jumped into the the abyss as they called this ascension in the abyss it was kind of a fun name i guess but uh i don't know if this was as big of a deal as they you know made it out to be it's it certainly looked cool them climbing all the way up again because it was all the way in the dark and then jumping down with all these glow sticks taped to their body or something but not much of a challenge there uh if anything i i think we'll kind of just uh I don't know maybe we'll 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 group in the fortune cookie one here because I don't know how much there is to talk about this but um uh, there was another funny moment here where, um, uh, who was it? Um, I think it was Henry or Evan, because I can't tell the difference. Between, it was either Henry or Evan, or it was Vanker Ashton. Uh, it was one of them here, uh, who said, I'm 14 minutes behind Cody and then 11 and a half minutes behind Christy. That was my favorite moment of the whole episode. That was Evan. Yeah, uh, Evan, okay. So, um, which one was Evan again? <laughs> the girl. The girl, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Go, Hen! Good job, Hen. Uh, yeah, Jamie's already groaning in the background. You can probably hear her. 
But, um, yeah, that was a hilarious line. Uh, but then the Golden Gate something factory, as nobody could read these emojis, uh, the fortune cookie factory, just making fortune cookies again, not the most terribly exciting thing ever. And it, this one, considering the baseball challenge one, I think lasted for like 10 minutes straight. This one was like over and done within 90 seconds. Uh, and this kind of just led to the final challenge, which we'll talk about on its own. So, Every other challenge in this episode, except for the final one. Kristen, go for it. All right. Um, so they were directed to this statue because it had the stats on it, right? And, like, no one figured that out. W- were the stats on the statue? I don't remember. I think I, they, I just okay. heard them asking people. I think they were because they definitely, like, flashed to, like, the stats on something. If they yeah. weren't on the statue, they're on, like, the wall behind it or something. Yeah, I think that the whole point of them going to that statue was so they would, like... Like, I don't think that they can have a task where like you're required to look something up on a phone. Like that doesn't seem like a race task. Like I'm pretty sure it was right there and nobody thought to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was inter- The only thing I thought was interesting about this task was each team had like a different strategy of how they were going to get this answer where like the one team was smart enough, Jen and Christy, I believe it was, were smart enough to like ask somebody before they were in the water. And then the other two teams were just like picking up all the balls that they could find and guessing random combinations (laughs) of them. And I would have loved to see like what they would have done if they couldn't ask somebody, like if there weren't any people watching them, like to look up the answer, like what would they have what would they have done? Because they would never have come up with this answer. They probably purposely picked a number that had, like, a double digit, like the 6-6, six, six, because no, you probably wouldn't guess that randomly, and it would make it more difficult that you had to find two of the same number. So that was weird. For being the last leg, you'd think that they would put a little bit more thought into, like, completing the challenge and not just, like, winging it. Um, what was next? The climbing thing? Um... Yeah, just that that line of of Evan after she came down from the climbing was so good. But I didn't understand why they were making such a big deal of like jumping into the abyss. It wasn't that exciting, and I love I did love that they like dressed them in like glowing things because they looked ridiculous, and there was no point to it whatsoever. Um, And then what was last? The fortune cookies. Um, I just liked how bad Jess was at it, and I don't know how she even completed it. Like, they kept showing them, and they were a hot mess the entire time, and I feel like they almost just let them go because it was close enough. Like, I would have liked to see the final set of them and, like, to see if they actually were properly done because she could not put one together that looked good. Uh, Jared, uh, what do you want to add on these three challenges? Yeah, I thought they were all just kind of okay. I do agree that kind of the baseball one didn't really translate well, like, across on TV. Like, it was a bit boring to watch, and it was frustrating me how, like, Evan was, like, just hounding, like, Henry in that, like, kayak to, like, mm. what's what's our plan? Like, say something you need to communicate. And I was like, your team literally doesn't have a plan right now. You're just picking out random baseballs and handing them to the guy. Like, like what's he meant to say? Oh, let's try... um. Five four seven this time instead of whatever we tried last time. Like there was no plan to like talk about. Um, I was glad that like this whole like climbing and and jumping thing didn't um, factor into the results hugely because I was concerned like when they're picking teams and Cody goes up for this. I was concerned. I was like, well, this is where like Big Brother is going to get their lead, and I hope that like this isn't just what it comes down to. Like that then nobody else can catch them throughout the leg. And then I did also love that Jess couldn't do the fortune cookies because like. 
this was another thing that like Cody just like excels at, like everything, even stuff that he's like not meant to. Like you can you know that he's going to excel at the physical stuff, but now it's like fortune cookies and like look, Cody can even make fortune cookies. Um, yeah, he's also, like the like, opposite of he's like the opposite of Alex and Connor, where like he's never done any of this stuff either, but he's really good at everything. Where they just yeah. like complain about being terrible at everything that they've never done before. <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, Cody's done any of this and he just like has a natural talent for everything and he's humble about it too at no yes. point is he like I, I I own that thing and I've never done it before yeah, yeah I exactly that. I did uh, love also like the sorry the clue for like this fortune cookie place was like they purposely picked the most obscure <laughs> picture of a like that was not a fortune cookie on like the clue like somebody said like the like pancake factory. I was like, yeah, that's what it looked like, or like dough or something. Like it was not a fortune cookie. They purposely just like looked up something that wasn't a fortune cookie and were like, oh, we'll just stick this on here so they can't find out what it is and have to look it up. It's like Golden Gate poop emoji factory, <laughs> um, crepe factory. Uh, Rossi, did you like any of these challenges? Yeah, similarly to I don't know exactly who said it, but someone's like, I can't believe these teams went in the water. <laughs> without knowing this number like how stupid i was so mad i was mad like how can especially henry and evan like i thought that okay at least they would at least have the knowledge to know what the number was like especially considering it's about sports and i i don't know if they love sports but like i could not believe not one team did it and like henry and evan they're like we've got a two we've got a four we've got a zero we've got a six we've got a nine i was like how did, how was it Four thousand two hundred ninety-six. Like, there's a one. There's a two. There's a three. There's a four. There's a five. Like it was such a mess, and the the challenge was a mess too because they had the freaking mascot throwing the ones that they needed in the water. <laughs> that was scary too because uh, what was it Henry's helmet is like half off his head, and this is in the dark, and there's baseball flying, and Jamie's watching. This, like he's gonna get hit in the head and get brain damage. Like somebody tell this guy to put his helmet on. Like they couldn't tell where these balls were flying. And I think it was a problem of having that challenge at night because <laughs> pitch black water and like an unlit area. It, it was a mess. Um, and then I thought it was cool that the that they had to wear these freaking glow stick outfits <laughs> to jump. I thought that, I was like, that looks really cool. But then they never showed the person going all the way down the shaft in it. Mm-hmm. It was like a quick click at the top and then all of a sudden they're at the bottom. It's like, well, why even put them on? the people it's, if you're not going to see it it's a weird thing because having them wear the glow sticks kind of made it look cool and memorable but at the same time filming it at night in the middle of the dark there was no way you were going to be able to see anything so i mean this is another challenge that was kind of destined to look very average on tv and the challenge itself was not super spectacular what they had to climb up a bridge pier mm-hmm. like which they said it was, like, the highest anybody had ever climbed in Amazing Race history. But, like, was it really? I mean, I thought that... Wasn't last season where they had to climb an entire building or something? No one remembers. No, oh, that was Amazing Race Canada. The... Rossi doesn't even remember. Oh, well, the, the last Amazing Race U.S., they had to climb that building when and clean the windows from the other side. It was... Anyway. You're right, I don't oh, remember that. Oh, the one that. that guy punched out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. But that was that was definitely not high. So I don't, I don't know. I will have to fact check Phil on this one about the the height. But and the the fortune cookie was like non entity. I just thought it was really weird that 
the teams had like colored like what one team had green oh yeah fortune the green cookies. one looked kind of gross like i don't know if i want to eat a green fortune cookie it just looked gross and obviously jessica failing at another challenge <laughs> I, I give her credit she at least tried this one on like the frogs and the crabs and the and the heavy lifting and the carrying her own backpack and etc cetera, etc cetera. <sighs> but just because i know it's going to come up i mean let's talk a little bit about uh, at least Jessica right now because there have been a lot of things that she's just been pathetic on in this race but I think unlike last season where there was a lot of criticism towards Brooke just because she cried a few times for the most part this time I think that Jessica for the most part has probably a pretty good reputation at least that she's been a, she's been creative with some of the things she's done I know that it got a lot of criticism but when she would hold back bits and pieces of information in that one challenge she's going to share just enough just to get by and even in the one where they were uh, searching the streets, and she's like, let's just, just throw, in, throw the random numbers out there, and we'll eventually get it. I feel like she's at least pretty creative on the race, and that makes up for some of her shortcomings. So uh, anybody else, it doesn't have to be one you know, person at a time or whatever, but anybody else have any strong opinions on Jessica they want to have known now? Nobody? <laughs> no. Uh, Jamie had uh, well, some I mean- strong... I just want to say, Jamie hated Jessica. Like, she started watching this episode. She's like, I don't know what it is, but something about her just bugs me. And by the end of the episode, she's like, yeah, I think she's growing on me. Nobody. talking? Jared was about to say something, wasn't he? Jared. Jessica. Uh, I was just going to say, we we can't forget the moment where she strategically masterminded taking the gnome off uh, (laughs) of Brittany (laughs) so that she would forget it later. I mean, Jessica was thinking all the time. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, what do you think about Jessica? You can just talk about Cody and Jessica as a team if you want. We'll talk them a little bit more on the end, but... Yeah, I actually liked them. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing it makes a difference that I didn't watch Big Brother because um, I would check the Amazing Race Facebook page from time to time, and there was so much hatred for these two. Like, Mm -hmm. they... They were calling, they were saying, like, these are horrible, disgusting, vile people. And, like, I don't know what happened on Big Brother, but I didn't get that from them. I thought there were a couple lines that were, like, a little bit mean, but I thought they were funny. Like, when, uh, Brittany and Lucas lost their passport, and Jeff was like, oh, that's karma for you turning us. Mm -hmm. Like, that wasn't mean. That was just, like, I thought it was funny. I didn't think that was like, oh, these are disgusting people. And I think the most like mean thing she did all season was at the very end when uh, she knew that IndyCar or the X Games girls were going to be out. And they mm-hmm. just like were so upset that Henry and Evan were in the finals and they were just like standing right next to them, like moping. I didn't love that. But overall, I thought they were really great. Cody is such a good competitor. Jess, I think she tried. I think she did as much as she could, honestly. Like she tried so hard. She, she's not she's not that athletic, but like she did a good job. I agree with um I think Colin, you're the one that said about the I, I guess it was the phone task mm-hmm. where she like I did not think that was like they were so angry with her, the two teams that she like quote unquote lied to. And it's like she shouldn't have been giving you guys the answer anyway. So yeah. I don't know why you're that mad. Like she gave them the answer as she was leaving. She didn't have to do that. So I thought that she did a 
as well as she could. Like I didn't, ex- and then she ended up winning for them. Like she got that final. You can say that it took them two hours, but she completed that before Yale student Henry, and I'm sure um, Jen is very intelligent too. So she figured that out. So she is basic. I mean, she's the one who got them that money at the end. So good for both of them. I'm. I really liked them. Uh, Jared. Why don't you give some opinions on them right now? I guess specifically, do you see the hatred towards them, I guess, as the villains of the season? Because just giving a little bit of my opinion, which I've given on past episodes, which I'm sure you all heard, I just feel like this whole season was set up to be like the most competitive people, and everybody was so overly nice and so overly fair that there was no competition among anybody. So when you get somebody like Jessica who plays a little bit strategically, everybody took it so personally, but if we were watching this in any other Amazing Race season, she wouldn't be a villain at all. She'd probably be one of the nicer people on it. I don't know. Do you disagree, Jared? No, absolutely. Like, everything this season was very tame, and that probably was one of the issues, that there was really no conflict between the teams. And, yeah, if the worst thing that she did was, like, withhold that answer to make sure that she got ahead, but then told them anyway. I mean, on other seasons, you have people stealing each other's cabs, pushing each other into clue boxes, and all this other drama. <laughs> like, here there was like nothing and i think as a team like i feel like we've seen like similar teams before where there'll be one player in the team who's really good and then the other player who's not like terrible but isn't as good but like in this partnership it worked because like there was no moments where like cody was like bashing on her and you see this team so often where the one like competitor who's really good is just constantly like bashing on the other person is like well I should have done this and I should have done this challenge blah 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 there was like none of that so I think that's what makes kind of this team like pairing work uh, I mean Rossi we talked about that early very early in the season just how against type they kind of were and that they uh, weren't really nasty with each other and they're always very calm every time something went wrong for them but what's your, I guess, final thoughts? We can talk about a little bit more on the end if you want, but let's just get out of the way now. What are your final thoughts on Cody and Jessica? Yeah, similar to Kristen, I don't know anything about them before coming into this season. Uh, but I was not against them that much. Like, I, there was time, I was really annoyed that one time where they were like, oh, can I punch Evan in the face right yeah. now? <laughs> like, and I was just so over that, like, period of them I, that they really turned me off at that point. But, Honestly, they were an enjoyable team. Uh, probably like one of the top like three or four teams for me. They were they were good. Like they were good. They were smart. Like I think Jessica definitely made up for her major problems with anything physical or anything animal with the way that she was able to kind of hoard information and mm-hmm. use that to her advantage. And God, that tricky, tricky gnome play of hers. <laughs> She's so good. I mean, I thought I'd. I thought that she probably was one of the most useless in some of the physical challenges, maybe a little bit worse than Brooke, but (laughs) still, I still thought that they were a good team and they definitely suit each other. Like they definitely make up for their other person's weaknesses, which Mm -hmm. is obviously evident in why they won. And they were competitive and that's something that most of the teams weren't the most competitive season of the amazing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, one thing that I guess is competitive is the final challenge. So let's just jump into this epic final challenge here, which I think I can see both sides. I think it was both good and bad and that it, it definitely ran a lot longer than it should have. Not I liked the whole um, piecing together the plane part and just the teams trying over and over again. But when they're searching for where this plane was or the plane parts and all that, that I thought dragged on too long. But 
talk about a great location too, like on the middle of this battleship. Um, and I don't know if putting together a model plane was the excitement here, um, or you know, the challenge of having to remember all these things. Because let's be honest, nobody really was remembering what happened on the race. They weren't like, oh yeah, and then this happened in this leg, and then this was from this leg. They were all just like completely randomly throwing things out here. I mean, they, they were shooting craps the entire time, and it was just. This isn't any knock against Cody and Jessica. I think they totally deserve to win. But they're the ones who just were lucky enough to go through all the combinations and eventually get it right. Because I don't think anybody really knew what they were doing here. And that's kind of what made this challenge so fun for me. Um, because it was competitive. And it could have been anybody. And I don't think it's you know unfair to say you know if, if the team that won just kind of got lucky. I mean, all these teams proved like they were completely outclassed on this one. Uh, but it just went on so long and it just took a toll on everybody. And I think one of the funniest lines that I'll always remember this entire season for is uh, where Jessica, you know, finished it one time. She turned to the judge and said, I know this is fun and all, but I'd really like to be done now, please. <laughs> like she was just begging for this to be over. Um, also just going back to something else you mentioned, Jared, cause we could talk about all the teams, I guess after this challenge here, but uh, Henry and Evan, you know, you mentioned the the moment where uh, Evan was sort of riding Henry you know, for not communicating properly, and then there was this moment here where she's just talking over and over again. She was trying to be encouraging, I guess, and it's like, "Go, Hen, you're doing it, Hen." And after a while, he was like, "Can you please be quiet?" And he just said it in the <laughs> nicest way possible. And the look she gave him was like, "I'm gonna murder you." <laughs> you know, uh, he just was so nice in trying to tell her, "Just please shut up for five seconds." But, like, this challenge really took its toll on people, and that's what I loved about it. So uh, let's talk about the final challenge here, uh, give your opinions, good or bad, on it. And then after that, we'll go into the, the final three teams. So, Kristen, start us off. Uh, I completely agree with you on the searching for the pieces. Like, I was getting bored. You couldn't really tell what was going on because all the hallways were so small. Like, you had no idea, like, where they were supposed to be headed. But once they got to putting the puzzle together, like, I didn't really even understand what they were doing. But I don't think it's fair to say that it was, like, luck that Jess ended up getting it. Because they did know what some of the symbols meant. Some of them were really confusing. Like, I don't know why you would remember that, like, a magnifying glass was part of, like, Czech Republic tasks. Because they didn't even use the magnifying glass. Like, that wasn't even something that they held. Like, a lot of them were part of their tasks that they were physically involved with where that was such a small piece of it that it would be easy to not understand what that went with but there were so many different combinations of how this plane could be put together it looked like there were a lot of pieces that didn't fit and that there were doubles of pictures on them and you had to line them up correctly i really don't think it was all luck i think that they they kind of knew what they were doing and it was a little bit luck because there's always going to be a little bit of luck but there was definitely some intelligence and some remembering of like what went together that went into this but i did i didn't think it went on that long because watching these kind of things you could feel the growing frustration from the teams and so it almost felt like like watching like the they think they have like a time elapsed thing and it was like seeing how long they've been doing this for you realize like wow nothing that they did before really mattered that much like it's all going to come down to this task and who's going to friggin' figure this out because nobody could do it and I think I think it was like two hours wasn't it mm -hmm. um like that's crazy for a final task and it wasn't something so simple like 
here's flags or here's animals or hats that people wore at the, 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 the those french fries the, yeah were were weren't they talking or weren't it wasn't that like speculated that like the hats were going to be a final task and they never were um but yeah like it was something that like no like they didn't know they had to figure it out and i kind of liked that as opposed to something that like you can have written like that you could have written down I think that that's happened before that people like took notes on things yeah. that happened in previous legs. Like this isn't something that everybody would have figured out immediately. Like it really took a lot of thought. And I, I don't know. I really thought it was good TV, even though it did run on for long. And that after they came back from that commercial break and you saw that Henry got the answer right, but didn't get it checked. So that was like another good editing hmm. piece that like they didn't have to put in there, but it was like, wow, I guess they're going to lose. I guess that was the first moment that I realized they were going to lose because they wouldn't have shown that if they figured it out. Um, But good on Jess for figuring it out. And I did hear in um, exit interviews that Jen said that, I don't know why third place had to finish the task, but she said that it took her an hour after the first two teams finished to complete that task. (laughs) So that's why she was acting so frustrated and like throwing stuff and crying was because it was an hour later, which is insane. Yeah. When they're this close to the finish line, I mean, there really is no point. Um, Jared, uh, what do you want to add on this final challenge here? Yeah. I just thought that it was really good. I think this year, like number of combinations and, as opposed to, I suppose, like in seasons past where, yeah, it'll be flags or even just like cities that they visited and stuff. Like, I feel like that's stuff that you write down and you do make a point of memorizing. But when it's like obscure things from the t- past, even like the helmet that was from like when they're on the quad bikes, I'm like, surely they've worn helmets more than like once in this race. And who associates that? Like, you'd think it would be like the quad bike, but no, it's the helmet. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I would have loved for them to have to do something else. Just like the fact that they had to like push their plane over a line once they finished, I thought was really lame. And I wish that they had had to do like something else. Like Cody has to hop on the plane, and then Jessica has to push it all the way to the mat. I think that would have been good. Rossi, uh, do you want to add anything on the final challenge? Um, I just think it's really funny that they made Jen finish the challenge. <laughs> like all the other people are standing at the end of the 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 USS tanker or whatever and they're just waiting like what's taking her so yeah, like the entire cast is waiting for them like that's like, so sad Phil's not and- even there anymore he's filming the start of season 31 but Jen's <laughs> got to finish this thing and like all the production members and the camera crew and everything is waiting for her to finish this like and they film this at night like this must have been pretty late everybody must have been, all the other teams must have been pitching like we were eliminated from this game, like, how many weeks ago? Why are we still standing here? Yeah, I just, I just think that's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I would get it if they were not on the same boat. Like, if they were in, like, a different, like, region, if they were in some sort of factory or doing something different. I don't know. But they were on the same place. But, yeah, I can see, like the frustration like happening and i feel like as it went on i was a little less interested in the challenge i was just like uh another thing and i was just like get it done already like i was frustrated at that point Mm -hmm. but i feel like like yes jessica was able to solve it but at the same time i feel like they were all like at this point trial and error like okay that one didn't work and that let's just try the next combo i feel like they weren't really paying attention at that point 
Uh, so let's kind of go through the final three teams here. We won't do it one at a time. Just give any other extra thoughts you have on them. Obviously, number one was Big Brother. Um, personally, I, I, I was kind of rooting for them. outside. Lucas and Brittany were the team that I enjoyed the most. So maybe uh, we'll talk about that on the end if there's any other favorite teams on here. But out of these three teams, I mean, I, they were probably the ones I thought were the most deserving to win this. Um, obviously, the second place... Um, well, wait, was second place Henry and Evan, or was second place? Yeah, Henry, Henry and, and Evan, Evan second place. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to go this far. Um, I don't think either Rossi or I had them very high in our predictions, but um, they definitely were one of the more competitive teams. I think one of the few teams that really got competitive throughout this. So I appreciated that. I did kind of get annoyed with them throughout the season, and I didn't find that either of them had like a ton of personality, which I guess is the same problem I have with. Uh, Christy and Jen. Jen definitely showed a lot more personality throughout the season, and uh, uh, I think that she's probably the um, more competitive of the two here because I don't see her struggling if she had to smash a TV. That was pretty embarrassing to watch. But more than anything, I think I just got annoyed throughout the season. I mentioned this almost every week to Rossi. Just all the little things they were throwing in there, which was probably just to throw the audience off about Christy and Jen. If, if you win this, let's mention for the fourth week in a row, if you win this, you're going to be one of only however many all-female teams to win the Amazing Race. It just it felt like they were cramming you down their throat and really uh, overselling that they were going to win this. So I'm kind of pleasantly surprised they didn't win just because I got sick of the idea of them winning throughout the race. But overall, I guess they weren't a bad team. I, I, I feel like any of these three teams, though, on any other season, I don't think any of them would have lasted that long. Um, this being the most competitive season ever, I don't really get. But uh, we'll, we'll, I guess our predictions here, I'll just briefly update. Christy and Jen, Rossi, you and I both picked them to come in second place. Um, Henry and Evan, uh, I picked them to be sixth. You picked them to be... Or I picked them to be seventh. You picked them to be dead last. <laughs> <laughs> and Cody and Jessica, how right I was. You, you pick Cody and Jessica in third. I pick them to be second last. So I guess we're both pretty far what about off. Alex, but is it Brittany and Alex and Connor. Oh, um, Alex and Connor. You pick them fourth. I pick them third. Lucas and Brittany. You pick them seventh. I pick them first. <laughs> so yeah, not great predictions all around. But uh, top three teams. Just anything else you want to add on them, uh, Kristen? You can go first. Uh, I already talked about Jess and Cody. I think they're deserving winners. I'm happy for them. Um, I really liked all three teams. Uh, Big Brother and Yale were my two favorite teams from the beginning. So I was obviously very happy with the results. Um, Jen and Christy were, like, fine. They weren't too exciting. But I also had the same thought with the edit that they were going to win. And so I kind of just thought they were going to win. And that was my take on them for at least the entire second half of the season. Um, and Henry and Evan are my favorite team. They're probably one of my favorite teams in recent history. I love them so much. I love the way that they like stay super calm and super positive no matter what's happening to them. Like They're on like round 10 of the fry pushing challenge and they're still just like we got this we got this where any other team would be going crazy and i just thought it was really cute and i love their resolving of issues like henry would say like 
Evan, I think we should do this. And she would be like, statistically speaking, this is the correct way that we should go about this. Remember how we spoke about this? The Pythagorean theorem says that we should do this. And then he would be like, yes, Evan, you are correct. And then they would do it. Like, it was, it was so weird. Like, everyone else would, like, yell or, like, argue a little bit. They just were so, like, by the books of how they, like, would solve things. And it was so funny. And I love them. I don't know if I love them that much. Um, I love them but, so much. Uh, Jared, you kind of already talked about them. Um, anything you want to add on any of the three teams? Um, yeah, it's not really anything on Cody and Jessica or Christy and Jen. Like I said before, I think that Jen was the interesting one in that pair. And even when they did like the partner swap and she wound up with Cody, like it was instantly like better because she wasn't with Christy who just she just looked yeah. miserable to be there for like the entire mm-hmm. race there was no like I got like zero emotion from her like the entire time through like it was like she was never happy about where they finished or what happened uh with Henry and Evan I loved how they would like constantly bring well not even they, them bring it up but like the other teams would be like oh yeah team yeah blah 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 but like in all of the really kind of analytical challenges that you would think that they would be great at like they weren't terrible, but they tended to, like, get beat out by other teams, which I thought was really fun to watch. And I love how they always brought up, like, how they're, like, debating team champions or whatever all the time and how that's meant to relate to every single thing they do. Like, yeah. as a debater, I will be great <laughs> at bungee jumping. Like, just these stupid connections that just didn't exist. Uh, Rossi, uh, last chance to speak on all three of these teams. Uh, quickly, I wanted to touch on something before I forget. I looked at the ratings for this season. Oh, yeah. And on the whole, it's up from last season. Like, every, even the worst episode of this season was better than the best episode of last season. And, like, on the whole, this season's been pretty good with the ratings amassing at least 7 million per episode. Um, I just wanted to touch on that. And I was kind of surprised to see that it went up on the season that we all did not expect to get. Mm-hmm. I think the time slot really helped. I don't even remember the last one, the like last season's time slot. So, but I think it was like Fridays or something. This was like right after Celebrity Big Brother. Like I don't know, it was like a normal weekday on CBS. I don't, I don't. I think it was Fridays last season. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I do think that the time slot was helpful. Well, at least I'm glad to see that the ratings have improved from last year's abysmal yeah, season. We'll get another season now. Yeah. Um, and for the last three teams, um, yeah, I still don't know the difference between woman and woman. Like, <laughs> one of them was blonde, and that's all I really know. Um, Christy I, was blonde. Yes. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. You, at least I'm having a tough time between these two similar, like, women. You're having trouble between Henry and Evan. <laughs> so don't you come for me. And uh, Vank and Ashton. We can, I at least know who Frank and Ashton is. Anyway, um, I was kind of annoyed at that you're bringing up this storyline that eventually never paid off of they were going to win this race. Um, and I was, I was at least glad to see that I could say, I told you so, they weren't winning this race. Henry and, uh, Henry and, Henry and, uh, Yale, <laughs> as you like to call them, uh, they're probably like one of the teams that had the biggest, upside for me like I did not ex- like them at the beginning I was kind of eh, on them but they definitely had grown on me over the the last few legs especially when they made weird comments like about 
debating or all like the comment about you know they're 15 minutes ahead of us but we're 11 and a half minutes behind, like stuff like that was ridiculous <laughs> but it was so great um and the winners they I, I like them i just got a little bit annoyed with them but they, on the whole they were they were an all the one of the strongest teams so they were good um, I guess last thing we can cover here is the whole, I guess the season as a whole, um, any other teams that you were a huge fan of, like maybe your favorite team of the season and then best and maybe worst moments of the season. Uh, for me, I already said, I mean, I love Lucas and Brittany. Uh, I think their proposal is hilarious. Just the, that's probably my favorite. I'm also going to say my favorite moment of the season. I'm usually not one who's for these engagements or whatever, but it was the fact that, you know, everybody just started showing up because he kept procrastinating and they really dragged that out through the editing that, you know, here's this perfect opportunity to propose and he's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, like, after 10 minutes of standing there, he finally does it and then, like, every single team interrupts them. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Um, some other good stuff on this season. I, I did love the uh, first half of this challenge here, the the hairy crabs and everything. Uh, but just some things I could not get over this season – I'm not one to say, well, every time they add a twist on here, it's not going to work. But the head-to-head, it does not work the same way the face-off worked in Amazing Race Canada. Uh, Amazing Race Canada did it so much better because they actually made it exciting. And it was just the little things, like having them dress as french fries <laughs> just took all the tension out of it. And, you know, this this race uh, right at the end of the episode... It was kind of meant to bring more suspense, but it actually kind of killed the suspense because you're down to only two teams and then you have one team celebrating, one other team lost. It just, that didn't work. And please, I can't wait to hear uh, Kristen and Jared's opinions on the partner swap just being the most pointless thing we ever saw and probably hands down the worst episode of The Amazing Race I've ever seen. So overall, I don't think I'm that huge of a fan of this season. Uh, some of the things I really did like about it, but I just I can't get over how bad some of these twists were. And it's not just bad. There's potential for these twists to work. The head-to-head worked in the Amazing Race Canada really well. Uh, this partner swap could potentially work in a different way. Uh, Rossi's going to hold me to that now, but it didn't work here. So uh, uh, you want to talk about any other teams or uh, best or worst moments of the season, Kristen? Both of the teams I really liked from the beginning made it to the end, so I don't have much of a hot take on any of the other teams that have been eliminated. Um, except, I, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I really enjoyed Eric and Daniel getting towards, like, the second half. Um, they were super boring at the beginning. All we got were dad jokes. But going further, I ended up really liking them and really liked them in the episode where they went out. Um, but they just weren't that competitive, so it wasn't... Uh, like, they were never going to win. But... I don't, okay, I honestly can't think that far back in this season, so I'll just touch on a couple of things that you mentioned, because uh, I can't think of any, like, really great or really terrible moments. So I also didn't like the head-to-head. I didn't really understand it. I've never seen the Canadian version, though, so I don't know how it worked there and how it was supposed to work. So I think that maybe I should go see if, like, YouTube has anything, because I am curious as to how it is, like, supposed to work. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't into it and I don't want to see it brought back. Um, I actually liked the partner swap. I thought oh. it was dumb. I thought yeah, it was take dumb. Take that, Colin. 
<laughs> I thought it was dumb how they ended the partner swap where it was like oh you just have to wait here until your partner comes oh. back because that kind of took the air out of it but i actually enjoyed seeing the dynamics between different people working together um i mean jared you were witness to a great face-off moment with opie being unable to do anything um <laughs> I think the reason it worked, and this is just my opinion, the reason it worked in Amazing Race Canada is because they place it in the middle of the episode instead of right on the end. So there's always a chance that you can come back, you know, even if you're uh, sort of held up to this thing. But, uh, Jared, give your comments, I guess, on all those things, you know, if you have any other best or worst moments. But we definitely have to get comments all around on these head-to-head and partner swap twists, uh, as well any other teams or moments that uh, you want to talk about from earlier in the season. Yeah, I thought the head-to-head was terrible, and yeah, mainly for the reason that it was at the end. Even in, like, The Amazing Race Australia versus New Zealand, like, they did kind of a head-to-head, but it was, like, the Australian teams versus the New Zealand teams, and then they maybe got, like, a five-minute head start or something, depending on, like, which group won. But yeah, it's just the placing of it at the end of a leg, like, it's it takes away the suspense, and maybe not so much in, like, the second challenge where I was, like, the bocce or whatever, but in the first one, like, that was really geared towards the physical teams. And, like, you're taking out the teams that are pathetic, which are the fun teams to watch. <laughs> like, there's nothing better than on The Amazing Race than watching these, like, train wreck teams, like, somehow make their way through the challenges. And now you've placed a head-to-head at the end where you've guaranteed like, that they're going to go home. So, I mean, that was terrible. The partner swap... I am probably in the same boat as Kristen in that I didn't mind it, but I hated the ending of it. I think that they should have just eliminated whatever, like, team was last and then just had, like, a partnered swap team, like, just continue in the race because, yeah, what was even the point of that? It just put two teams, like, automatically at the back and it was just, yeah, dumb because there was no, like, consequence of, like, well, you did bad and you swap partner, but who cares because you're still racing, so it was all for nothing. Yeah, so I think if they'd eliminated the team that had finished last in that and then we had, like, a mixed team for the rest of the race, I would have been okay with that. You know, Rossi, you and I talked about if there was any way they could have made that partner swap work where it was fair. And I just sort of thought about it. If you had had whatever team came in last, you obviously have two members from two separate teams. If you have those two people competing a head-to-head and then whoever loses that, their team loses, that could have worked. But it's just the consequence of there not being a consequence of coming in last. It just killed it. Um you can comment on any of this, Rossi, but I know the one thing you want to respond to is Kristen's comment about uh, the Twins being kind of a fun team. So uh, <laughs> just just have at it, Rossi, whatever you want to say now. You mean the the fake Henry and Evan? <laughs> yeah, did you guys catch that? There's, there's a moment we talked about this in a past episode. I think it was the last episode that Eric and Daniel were in where they showed up on screen and the caption that came up was Henry and Evan. Like, even the producers and the editors don't know who these guys are. They're so invisible. Yeah, was that at the beer spa? I think yeah, I it was. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys were so, such a non-entity. I do, I do, I did love when they were in that um, lecture hall. And they're just like, all right, once we know the answer, we're just going to walk out. And they just walk yeah. out. And they're like, that was oh. so smart. I th- we definitely talked that up as like being their shining moment when we were talking about that episode, but that was just like so funny to watch. <laughs> uh, it was just they- that was probably their best moment. But other than that, they were so invisible. Like I, I don't really have anything to say. I thought it- I-, I get you're saying like it's funny to see that toward the end of the race when they were doing so awful throughout the entire thing. Um. I really don't feel like talking more about the partner swap, but I, 
I pretty much <laughs> talked about what you guys said about thinking that the ending was awful, but I think it has potential to be a good twist or at least an acceptable twist. Um, and it has I'm, potential to not be the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's not. It, it's not the worst. I mean, I still think the heads head was a little bit worse than the mm-hmm. the partner swap. So, but as long as they dress up as French fries, I'm down for a head to head. And and then my favorite team, obviously, we know I love Alex and Connor, and who, by the way, had the second best average out of all teams on the Amazing Race. Just saying. How did that happen? Um... They got the most first out of any team. Just going to say it. Where were they when they no were first, though? <laughs> what do you mean, where were they? I mean, they were pretty much a middle-of-the-road team anytime they weren't at first. The lowest they anytime got Anytime they weren't driving. driving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know what you're saying. The lowest they got was fifth, which I'm like... It's about in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, but Henry and Evan got sixth, eighth. Oh, okay, Cody okay. got sixth, sixth. So I, I don't know where you're coming here, Colin. Those are middle pack teams too. <laughs> uh, last opinion I just have to get is on, I guess this rush season, which really had to do with, with them wrapping the season up right around the end of the Olympics, uh, being able to pair this up with Celebrity Big Brother for a few weeks. But what killed this for me, I guess, two things. One, CTV. We talked about this, and Rossi, I've got an update for you, but weirdest thing ever. Is for, so CTV, the Canadian network this airs on, this isn't even like close. I mean, this is top two or three shows every single year. I think the Amazing Race Canada was the number one show of the year, and then it's basically between Amazing Race US and Survivor. Those are our three top-rated shows in the entire country every single year. And CTV dropped the Amazing Race this season so that they could air the X-Files because they were airing in the same time slot, you know, um, and then the X-Files ended, or I guess went on break two weeks ago when the Olympics started, and suddenly CTV throws the show back on again. And they aired it ten nights in a row so that they could catch up all the way up until I think they aired the finale like two days ago. So that was messed up. But even that makes more sense than airing all these double episodes, which I think is part of what soured me on this season. I think I would have enjoyed the season more, but... It's just a lot to watch every single week of watching two hours of it. Um, even if it's a non-elimination, I mean, some of them made sense to pair them together, like the the partner swap one. It made sense it was one episode, but I think I was just kind of exhausted. But yet the ratings are up, like you said. So uh, just give me your quick opinions on whether or not you think this format works. Did you like the double episodes? Did it even matter with the way you watched it? And what do you think going forward? Are they going to keep this now because the ratings are up? Uh, Kristen, what did you think of it? Um, I watched the show live, and I didn't love it because I do watch... What day was this on Wednesday? I did yeah. watch Celebrity Big Brother, so I did see three hours of CBS TV in a row for, like, what was it, two, three weeks in a row? Uh, it was a lot. Like, I didn't... I didn't lo- like. I felt like my eyes hurt at the end of that. Like I'm not used mm-hmm. to watching three straight hours of TV, um, so that wasn't great. I would have liked maybe like like if it was just one hour after Celebrity Big Brother, that would have been great. Um, if it was even just two hours without Celebrity Big Brother, 
probably could have handled it, but I do like one hour a week. I do prefer it. So that's my preference. But this wasn't horrible. Like, it could have been worse. I do agree that some of the episodes, the pairings worked out pretty well. But, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle on it, but it's not, like, a big deal to me. Jared, did you watch this show, like, every single week, or did you kind of catch up halfway through? Did this matter for you? No, I watched it, like, every week. Like, Channel 7 was probably, I think a week behind so the finale aired last night here Hmm. um and i actually really enjoyed that it was double episode i think maybe because it makes the non-eliminations legs better if they're kind of paired up with seeing somebody go home like Mm -hmm. i think watching a whole episode and ending a non-elimination can sometimes be a bit of a downer like ending an episode um but at least with this you've had either the non-elimination is last, but you've had an elimination beforehand, or the non-elimination is first, and then you get elimination at the end of the episode. I think it kind of works better in that sense, and I think I'm just also used to with Australian TV showing reality shows. Like I feel like we've gotten better, but like in the past, we used to start showing stuff like five weeks after it aired in the US, but then we would try to catch up. So I'm just used to like them cramming in like episodes, like double episodes each week. So I actually really enjoy that format, and I think it works better. So what CTV did this season, that's normal for Australian TV. Yeah, like, with Survivor, like, we've gotten better now. We'll get it the same day. But it used to be, like, we'd get it five weeks later. And for the first four weeks, it would be, like, double episodes to, to try to catch up. But then we'd still be, mm-hmm. like, a week behind. Um, Rossi, I don't even think I got your opinion on this. I kind of complained a few times throughout the season. But what did you think about the whole double episodes? And uh, <laughs> would you be opposed to this if they kept doing it? I wouldn't mind. I just, I feel like they, I feel like this was so rushed, though. I feel like what we had, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes officially, like, not counting the legs, but the amount of episodes we had were eight. And that just feels so short. Like, I don't know, it felt weird. I didn't mind it so much. I did like, I don't know if this was entirely planned, but I did like that it didn't always fall on a non-elimination, elimination. elimination. We had sometimes two eliminations in one week. So I like that it wasn't so obvious, like, oh, here's where the non-elims are. And I think we talked about that in some of the episodes. But I don't want to see it re like happen all the time. Like, I think that this was fine. I would be okay with maybe one or two, one more, like, double episode in like a regular season, but I, I don't know if I'd want the whole season like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like one final segment we have to do here, which I'm curious. It's Kristen, since you've been listening all season, you know where we're going with this, right? Absolutely. Our, our famous Kristen tweet of the week, which you probably <laughs> weren't even aware. You were a segment every single week this season. Um, Rossi, do you want to go through? You said you had one for the, the previous episode as well, right? Yes, I have one from last episode. I'm going to pull up the one from this episode as we're talking. Okay. So embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what I tweeted two weeks ago. (laughs) Okay. So as always, you can follow Kristen on Twitter at K-R-I-S-T-A-N-X-M-A-R-I-E. She has a lot of great live tweets there, uh, mostly about Bachelor, but she does Amazing Race. I live tweeted America's Next Top Model tonight. As we were before we recorded. <laughs> so stay tuned for all those amazing reality show coverage from our very own Kristen. Um, uh-huh. 
So last week, Kristen, the Kristen Tweet week from the last episode, which was the Lucas and Brittany elimination and the non-elimination of Henry and Evan, um, was I love the no match match guy. Hashtag amazing race. I did and, like him. <laughs> He's the match. Well, that's why you tweeted it, so I'm guessing. <laughs> and as Colin Stahl, well, I can pull up the next tweet. Um, okay, well, while you're pulling up the next one, Jared, let's get you involved here. Our other segment of the week is, what is Jamie doing right now? Uh, which started with, what did Jamie think about this Amazing Race episode? And then she stopped watching. Um, I guess I could also just update people. She did watch this episode, and as I said, she referred to Jessica several times as a goblin throughout this episode. And then at the end of the episode said, yeah, she's growing on me. Um, but uh, that was the only opinion she really had other than uh, hating Evan repeatedly saying, hen, hen, hen. But Jared, you can take a guess. Uh, what is Jamie doing right now? Um, pairing socks. <laughs> Um, or pouring you a chocolate milk, one of the two. <laughs> she's currently asleep on the couch, that was right behind me. Yes, I swear so, I was going to say napping on the couch. Nobody guessed sneezing, uh, which I guess it would have been if she was sneezing, you would have heard it. But I don't know, eating cheese, sneezing, napping—her three favorite things. But uh, I'll give you points anyways, Jared, for that one. Uh, Kristen, you get points as well. Um, Rossi, have okay. I stalled long enough? Yes, you have. We okay. have the finale tweet, tweet of the week slash season. <laughs> and the last tweet is, Yas, Yale. It's a what? What? <laughs> yas! <laughs> Hashtag amazing race. <laughs> All right. Kristen, tweet of the week, I'm sure we'll be back next season, and she's going to be conscious of what she's doing. No, she's not. She's going to forget she did this episode in about 20 minutes. No, I uh, knew that you were doing this, and I just forgot about it, so... Yeah. It's all good. You actually knew we were doing the Tweet of the Week? Yeah, somebody tagged me, like, the first week you did it. Oh, that I, was probably I, Ben. I don't know who tweets, but whoever tweeted, like, tagged me in it. Yeah, it was probably Ben. Uh, he also tagged, as Rossi sent me... <laughs> it's like, does Ben know that he tagged some random French guy on Twitter named <laughs> Anthony Rossi? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, somebody has to tweet random French Anthony Rossi um, about how much they enjoyed this episode. But that's it on the season. Or I guess before we go, we have to rank this episode. So we're just going to spoil this here for all the listeners. There have been at least two episodes this season where Rossi and I finished recording, and ten minutes later we're like, we forgot to rate the episode. And so he would record his bit, and I would record my bit, and we would edit it in seamlessly. And... Um, uh, you would hear us rank it uh, when it was actually probably about three hours later when we threw it in the episode. Uh, so for Jared and Kristen, who are I'm sure already uh, familiar with this, Kristen, last time you were on talking about a Survivor episode, you said you don't listen to this show and you don't know what we're talking about. But the basic rules are for this episode, the finale, would you buy it as in, is this a, a, a really good episode you recommend? Would you it. rent it? Is it average? Or would you bin it? Is it terrible? You wait, 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 wait. Can you explain it again? <laughs> okay. Would you buy it as in do you love it? Would you rent it as in it was good? Would you bin it as in it's terrible? 
Mm-hmm. So is that a, a buy as in like a purchase or is it like a good buy? Yeah, it's it's a buy as in purchase, just to clarify. Oh, oh uh, in okay, case anybody okay. else is confused. Not that that matters. As I said, buy it means you love it. Rent it means it's okay. Bin it means it sucked. It's terrible. Oh, um, it's forgettable as the twins. So, Kristen, does it need further explanation, or are you good to rent, rank this one? Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... I'll I'll buy it just to be nice. All right, that's the closest to playing a game Kristen has ever done on this show. Uh, Jared, buy it, rent it, bin it. Um, I would rent it. I'm not spending a lot of money on this. <laughs> Rossi, buy it, rent it, bin it. Does this count? Is this the full two hours? Not the two hours. So, okay. Yeah, the full finale. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to – I would buy it, but I'm going to rent it just because my favorite team was eliminated before the finale. Okay. And I've binned like half the episodes on this season, but I'm going to buy this one uh, just because I love the first half and the second half had that great challenge. And I think I've talked about it on lots of the other seasons that we've covered this on other shows, um, how much I usually dislike the finales of Amazing Race, and I didn't hate this. So it may have been a rented for a regular episode, but for a finale, I'd, I'd consider this a buy. It. Um, anybody quickly want to say about where you'd rank this? We're on the 30th season. They haven't made that big of a deal about it. Where would you kind of rank this among the 30 seasons? Just rough estimate, Kristen. I couldn't even give you positive and negatives on this season. I have no idea. Like, just no. Okay, just no. Um, Jared, what would you do with it? Uh- uh, yeah, my recollection is terrible, so I would just put it as a twenty-second. <laughs> wow, that's pretty specific for not being able to remember it. Uh, Rossi, can you do him one better? Um, I would say about an eighteen point seven. <laughs> All right, eighteen point seven. Um, that doesn't even I make was, sense. <laughs> I was thinking so. throughout most of the season that this would be like a bottom five season for me. Um, especially after the partner swap one, but I didn't mind the last few episodes, so I'd, I'd consider it a bottom ten season. Uh, so somewhere between yeah, twenty one to thirty, <laughs> somewhere between twenty one to twenty nine, because it's not the family edition, which is dead last. Um, oh no, I'm going to get even more specific. Somewhere between twenty one and twenty seven, because it's not the family edition and it's not an all star season. All right, it's a very late night. I'm still very <laughs> sick. Uh, let's move on. Um, let's end this. Uh, let's put everybody out of their misery. <laughs> thank you for coming on this episode. Thank you for ranking it with us. Thank you for uh, talking about The Amazing Race. And thank you for remembering something that was so far back, Kristen. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And Jared, uh, thank you for talking about something other than the Olympics for a change. And I can't wait to see you competing in television smashing in Tokyo 2020. Yeah, fingers crossed um, that I'll, I'll get selection on the Australian team. I'm still waiting for confirmation. <laughs> and Rossi, um, I don't know, you're, you're somewhere between 14 minutes and 11 and a half minutes behind Christy and ahead of Cody right now. Uh, <laughs> thank you for being on this episode. Thank you for being on this season. Rossi, thank you for 
feeling your throat this season. <laughs> that means nothing to anybody other than the four of us recording right now. Uh, thank you for being on this episode. Yeah, we finally covered a season we thought we'd never get, so it was good. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be back for Amazing Race Canada in a couple of months, if CTV decides to carry that. If not, they'll decide to bump it to 10 days. Um, but that's it for the Amazing Race. We wrapped up another show. We've wrapped up Star Trek. We've wrapped up Amazing Race. We'll wrap up RuPaul's Drag Race eventually, Rossi. We're starting Survivor. Everybody listening to this right now, you're probably listening to this as Survivor has finished airing, uh, as we're preparing to put an episode out there. We have the great Billy Garcia doing the hosting duties for us most of this season. Ben and I will be jumping on occasionally. Maybe Rossi will jump on at some point. Maybe Jared. Maybe Kristen. Uh, if they watch this season, Ghost Island or whatever it is, uh, you can tell we're excited about this season. But uh, you can listen to the preview episode for now. And then probably at some point, 24 hours after the Survivor episodes are airing, we're going to have the new one out. Um, but that's it for The Amazing Race. And I have no closing line other than just partner swap sucks, head-to-head sucks. Uh, bring back Brooke. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.